Hey there, it's your insider, Cindy Thomas, welcoming you into season two of the Insider's Career Club. Our podcast helps job seekers succeed in their career search. We share information on different careers and we keep those employed in the know with timely career news and advice. As an in-house talent acquisition recruiter, manager, and director, I've interviewed thousands of candidates and worked with managers to fill their positions. In over 25 plus years, I've witnessed firsthand numerous candidates fail, whether it was on their resumes or in their interviews. But you can succeed by getting help from a professional, from someone who's been on the inside, me. Understand what employers look for in their candidates. Listen to the podcast regularly and you can learn a lot. Our website, www.insiderscareerclub.com has free resources for your job search. Now, for those who are serious about succeeding, you can sign up for personalized career services. We'll tailor it specifically to you to help you land that great position. Hello, Insiders. Our special guest today is Wesley Burwell. Let me introduce you to him. He is the VP Head of Human Resources for Volt Therapeutics. And for the last 20 plus years, he's been in HR as a Senior Director of HR, a Director of Talent, and a founder of a successful recruiting and HR consulting practice. He served on several nonprofit boards of directors focusing on healthcare and education, And he's worked in both life science and technology companies. He's worked for GBT, Switchfly, and Tethys, and has consulted with companies like Berkeley Heart Lab, Solera, and CV Therapeutics. His HR expertise includes working on the full talent cycle, which includes workforce planning to talent management, as well as establishing programs to foster L&D and employee engagement. Wes holds an MBA in international business from the University of San Francisco and has a BS degree in HR management from Golden Gate University. Let's welcome him in. Wes, welcome to the Insiders Career Club podcast. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me, Cindy. I am so pleased to have you. I cannot tell you. Normally, the way I like to start is just by asking you a couple of questions about your background. Tell us a little bit about you. Where'd you grow up and a little bit about your family? Sure. I am a native New Yorker. I grew up in New York City and Brooklyn, to be exact. I moved to San Francisco, actually, for college. I have been here ever since. Oh, okay. Kind of fell in love with the place, huh? I did, actually. It's an easy town to fall in love with. Talk to us a little bit about your career path, because you are a VP in HR now. But that's not Mm -hmm. where you started out in HR. So it's an idea of how you meandered on into the HR area. Sure. I did not start out looking for a career in HR. I originally went to school for biology, and my career path was going to take me to be a researcher. But along the way, I realized that science was not actually going to be my calling, even though I love science. My second big skill was math. So I wound up becoming an accountant for small professional service firm companies like engineering until I sort of fell into HR by accident. My, yeah. uh, my company did not have an HR department at the time. 
the controller who was my boss realized that all of the HR type duties, payroll, benefits, things like that, which sat within accounting and I was handling that I really liked it. He's actually the one that I credit with opening the window and showing me that HR might be an area that I would like to pursue and giving me the opportunity to do so. Wow. So you just kind of resonated with you once you got there? Yeah, it really did. I took a few classes at Golden Gate University, which um, mm-hmm. was near my office, and learned that HR was definitely spoke to me. Wow, that's great. Right now, you're working for a... Uh, a biotech company. Thank you. I was going to say biotech or pharmaceutical. I was reasoning it out in my mind. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're, we're definitely we're definitely a biotech company, a life science company. It's called Bolt Biotherapeutics. We are an oncology company, and I am the head of HR, the VP of HR there. Great. So share a little bit with us about your current role. Sure. So I've been with Bolt for about a year now. I'm still building my group. When I got to the company, it's kind of a one-man shop. We're a public company, so there are a lot of new regulations that uh-huh. uh, we have to deal with, a lot of new reporting. I partner very closely with finance since we have a lot of crossover for compensation, especially. Mm-hmm. Uh, so my job is to partner with the executive team on the strategic direction of the company as we grow. We're scaling up pretty rapidly. We've increased 75% since I joined. It's more than 75%. We've almost doubled since I joined. We're still continuing to grow. And pretty much everything that you can think of that falls in HR, you know, is in my wheelhouse. So from comp and, and benefits to policies here in this COVID environment, uh, all things COVID come to me, setting what our our policies and procedures are to uh, maintain the health and safety of our workforce, how we structure the organization as we grow, you know, what departments should look like, how we level and develop our staff, all sorts of things. Yeah. It sounds like you're, well, I know they're keeping you very busy. It's fun to be able to do some things maybe that you didn't get to dive deep into before. What is it about HR that makes it attractive and fulfilling for you? The parts of HR that are really exciting to me is the hopefulness of it. My view of HR is about developing people, about having them realize what their professional lives could be, how they can feel fulfilled and grow and move forward as individuals, but also as as members of a collective of the organization. How do you marry individuals' aspirations with the development of a company and its culture? So give us an example of that. So I want to get a, a good picture of it myself and also to have the, the listeners be able to kind of bridge that gap. I'll talk about it from the perspective of a life science company, which is where I've been for the last 20 years. I think about life science companies as living organisms, just like humans. We start in early development as infants, and we are we, we take a drug or a molecule or a technology, and we develop it, mature it. Eventually, it becomes an adult and uh, commercializes and is sold. Similar to how we are as we incubate in schools, sort of grow, learn who we are, and we join the workforce. Well, we're still growing when we join the workforce. When I think about myself, when I started working and to where I am now, huge Mm -hmm. changes. And those changes require not just 
hard work. It also requires someone, some organizations who will give you the opportunity to try new things, to make mistakes, to give you feedback, timely, appropriate, actionable feedback to help you develop. And so one of the things that I really am passionate about is helping managers have those conversations with their staff for the betterment of both of them. Even when that conversation is about how their staff member needs to move on and find another organization where they can continue to grow. That's got to be a little bit of a hard conversation for them. Sometimes they have reached the zenith of where they're going to be able to grow in any one particular role. Absolutely. Absolutely. I love that analogy, Wes. That's a great analogy. No, thank you. (laughs) So where would you place Bolt in that lifetime of growth? I don't know if the listeners will, if they are coming from a biotech, biopharma background, Mm -hmm. it takes years to develop something, uh, to prove it, to make sure that it's safe, that it has Mm -hmm. a level of efficacy before it can be approved by the FDA and put on the market. So where do you consider Bolt in all of this? You know, both I would say is is certainly still early stage. We're out of our infancy. We're no longer toddlers, but we're probably still in elementary school. So there's a lot of room for growth there. There's a lot of room for growth. I mean, we're just leaving research and we're just in the clinic. So we're in phase one clinical trials. And that 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 really is the beginning of the development cycle. So, you know, certainly not children anymore, but we're, we're still in school. Can you share one of your favorite moments of being an HR that kind of let you know that you were in the right department in the right role? The first thing that comes to mind is very, very early in my career. So we were going back actually to the engineering company where my boss, the controller, first gave me the opportunity to move into HR. As the company was growing, we were opening up offices in different states, and we were also hiring a lot of new engineers, young engineers. We were a very old school company. Our leadership in most professional service firms, it's it's a partnership. So our partners were near the end of their career. Our principals really understood the generation of new engineers that we were hiring. I realized that they needed something more. The benefits that we were giving, the opportunities for growth, even the scheduling that we had just really didn't resonate with them. I really pushed to revamp our benefits, to get them to have different sort of mentorship programs and opportunities in in the company to really liven up and to help better attract and retain the engineering talent that we had. But that was really all just sort of in, in intuition, but I did have the support. And so where it comes back to why it made me realize that this was a place for me was after I left engineering, some of those engineers still stayed in touch with me. And still to this day, I still speak with them. And the conversations that they had, the opportunities that they had to grow afterwards and to see things differently. And we talk about those as pivotal moments. So for me, that is something that's really gratifying to see that these small changes, these opportunities, these new paths that open to people really do change their lives. And they look back at them as seminal moments in their careers. Mm-hmm. 
And if I ha- have a small part in that, it's worth it to me. Yeah, yeah. That's got to feel incredibly gratifying. And I'll just let the w- listeners know that we have worked together for many years in different roles and different companies. Yes. So I happen to know that you are a great networker. It just occurred to me while you were saying all of that, is that where you feel that you really kind of came into your networking skills? I think I did. I don't always think about networking for me as a skill. It always seems that I kind of fall into it, but I am a relationship builder and I don't like to let them go. So I do tend to stay in touch with people for as long as I possibly can. And it just builds. Yeah. I have to say you're really great at it. You know, Thank you, you. you've got to be the best networker I know. HR may not be for everyone. It is a service organization. So mm-hmm. what would you say have been some of your biggest challenges of working in HR? It really is all about people. It's not about logic or a process or anything that's particularly linear. You can't have HR without the humans. And human beings are complex. They are challenging and rewarding and all of the emotions in between. Just because you think that you have a solution to a problem doesn't make it so. It is not linear. There are so many factors that come into play that are not quantifiable. HR is a very is oftentimes a very qualitative discipline, which I think is one of the reasons why many people view HR as sort of like, oh, it's that touchy feely thing. Oh, it's uh-huh. um, it's not necessarily a very disciplined area. That's not true. HR, in many ways, is a lot of art, but also mm-hmm. a lot of science. Understanding the psychology behind people is really fascinating and also really challenging. There's not always one right answer. And for people who don't have a high tolerance for ambiguity, HR is not the field for them. People that I've met in HR that I really didn't think it was the right place for them, they were missing the the empathy piece. And I don't think that they put the importance on the people. There are those that are in HR that care more about following the rules and the law, mm-hmm. not to say, you know, we're outside of the law, but they're more concerned about that than how it affects the outcome for the individual that it's going to affect. And they're not That's necessarily true. thinking long-term of how this is going to have an effect on the person, on the company, you know, going forward. Right. And, you know, Cindy, I do want to say, you know, there is a place in HR for people with that mindset. And it's very, it is really, really valuable and very, very difficult to find the right people for that. I know that I am not. But let's take mm-hmm. let's take labor relations. Labor relations mm-hmm. is a function in HR in mm-hmm. four companies that have organized workforces that have unions. And that is very legalistic by nature, very process and right. rules focused. And you need to have someone who understands really the black and white nature of these policies, procedures, and laws. It requires people to think very differently that way. If you want to think about business partnership or recruiting, for example, those are different personalities, different viewpoints, completely different skill sets. And HR is such a broad discipline. It it attracts many different types of people and there are many roles. What education would you say is needed to stay up to date and relevant for the role that you're doing now? Because you're encompassing so much 
Mm-hmm. That you've got to be up on it in several different areas. You do. When you say education, I tend to think about formal education. And formal education is great to start in HR. Once you're really in it, what's really necessary is to stay up to date on new laws, new trends, stay up to date on your particular industry that you're serving. And, uh-huh. and that takes a village. So we talked earlier about networking. Working with your peers, having a group of colleagues in HR who are in the area that you're in that you can lean on is really, really necessary. None of us can have all the answers. None of us can be up to date. Knowing what you don't know and having a network to be able to lean on in the areas that you are not strong in is critical. Right. That is true. You know, I can think of many times I leaned on the HRVP and leaned on my VP or SVP, you know, for whatever problems we were encountering, because even though it's recruiting and you think of it in one way, it involves some legal aspects. Yeah, you you are a team. What would you say are your personal attributes that work well for this particular role? I like people. And I do want to help. You mentioned it earlier that HR is a service function, and I do see it that way. And mm-hmm. not everyone does. Not every HR person sees it as a, as a service function. But I think that a life of service valuable and is worthwhile. And for me, it's very rewarding. Right. Okay. You shared with us one career path available for people in HR that maybe aren't necessarily a people person, but they can do something else. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. What are some of the other career paths available? I always like to say that recruiting is the sales wing of HR. If you like to talk to people, if you like to meet new people, if you're curious about people, and also if if you want to help them, recruiting is a great place. Just being a people person and wanting to help people doesn't necessarily make you a good recruiter. You also have to have that instinct. It is a sales. It it does require sales skills. So being motivated by mm-hmm. closing a deal, making mm-hmm. a making a placement, hiring somebody, that actually is something that's that's necessary. So that's that's one thing and it's it's very rewarding. You know, recruiting is a is one of the areas of HR that that does pay well. If you're good at it, it's a great way great place to go. You know, there's also the complexities of Benefits and compensation, especially compensation. If you're good with math and you like to solve problems and you like mm-hmm. to be creative with numbers, compensation mm-hmm. is a great area for people. All right. What about the HRBP role? Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, the HRBP role is also very interesting. And, I, you know, I, I will say that that's actually an area that I haven't spent a ton of time in. I've spent some, but... I haven't delved deeply into it. I would say that of all the areas in HR, for me, the HRBP role is the most complex um, Mm -hmm. and also the area where you kind of have the least control. The HRBP role is an advising role. You are focused on a particular area of the organization. Let's say you serve the manufacturing area or, you know, large swaths of of organizations, and you are their partner. You work with the leadership team in in that organization to understand their business and all of our businesses really run on people for the most part. And how is it that you can help them be their thought partner in making their business better? There's not a roadmap to being a business partner every day. Every day is going to be a little different and you have to learn how to pivot and be efficient with that. 
Right. Well, I would say, you know, there's, I would say that most days in HR, no matter what role you're in, are going to be slightly different. I know for mm-hmm. the role, and I know you know this as well, uh, no two days were ever the same. Because you are the service organization that is, it's not just representing, it is providing information and support to the rest of the organization. You know, you kind of are privy to everything that's going on within the organization. And so right. it really brings you such a wide variety of work and issues and problems to deal with when you are working in HR. One of the reasons why I like it so much, but I really love the recruiting and talent acquisition aspect of it. Um, I've got a bonus question for you. Who gave you the best career advice you ever received? It has to be my my old boss, the controller, Tony Stone. Um, <laughs> the one who who he's the one who got me into HR and I and I have to say it changed my life and and I never would have considered if it wasn't for him. So Okay. All right. And the advice basically was to try something new and different, huh? Yeah, it was really to explore my passion for developing people and for helping staff, but in, in also in the service of the organization. I mean, remember I was an I was an accountant. So mm-hmm. I was solely focused on the company, but I said, you know, we're not going to be successful unless we take care of our people. And that was my cell. And he heard it and said, you should do this. Right, right. Now, if you were speaking to a young mentee, uh, maybe someone in high school, maybe someone that's entering in college or in college and not quite sure that they wanted to go into HR, um, mm-hmm. what career advice would you give them? Yeah, If you're not sure if you like a particular career path, I would say temp in it. Working in an area is the best way to really learn about it, whether or not you intern at it, you take a temp job doing it, or, you know, you commit to taking a job for a year and and testing it out. Uh, When we're young is the best time to do that. We are the most open. People want to help you when you're young. If, long, yeah. if, you, if you are eager, the doors are open for you. Yeah, that's true. I can think of all the help I got when I was young. And I also very much agree with taking a, a temp job or mm-hmm. a semi-permanent job, something, even a part-time job in an area of a company that you think you might want to work for or in a department that you think you might want to work for. Because it's a great way, as we know, to get an right. inside look Yeah, that you won't get otherwise. Wes, it has been a fun ride to speak with you today. (laughs) Thank you, Cindy. Yes, it has been a lot of fun. I appreciate so much your time, and it's always a joy to talk to you. I'm going to thank you for, for taking your time to talk to me so that we can share this information with my listeners. You are very welcome, Cindy, and I look forward to listening to this podcast. You have a wonderful evening. So glad you joined us today. If you enjoyed the podcast, please like us because your ratings matter. We'll be bringing you new podcasts every two weeks on the first and third Wednesdays. My goal is to help you, my valued listeners in your job search, and continue to help you right on through your work life. To make that happen, though, your support is needed. By listening regularly, we can keep this going. But you can also help by sharing the podcast with your network of friends, family, and coworkers. Ask them to listen. We're on Apple and Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Pandora, 
iHeartRadio, and so many more. Not so podcast savvy? Tell them they can go to listen on our website at www.insiderscareerclub.com. I appreciate your support. Stay safe and take care.